away from her, you bitch! And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. Ian Freeze! Got the cat! Dear Sam Hibbert. I'll be throwing one of these in with every purchase of 500 million or more. To peace. Welcome back to DMR. Thank you for tuning back in. As always, much obliged. So it is Monday morning. I'm sitting here with my long black coffee and I'm thinking, well, let's just do a little bit of an episode before we go off to work, shall we? And this will be my first series review for the year, all you moviegoers out there and binge watching folks. So this came out in October last year, which is called The Fall of the House of Usher. So this thing, this thing was a cracker of a series. So Let's delve deep into this horror series. And before we kick off, let's go over one of the amazing suits from MJ Bale. All right, so we've got the Towson trouser and jacket combo. Slim fit from MJ Bale, created from 100% Australian super fine merino wool. The Townsend trouser and jacket is woven from pure merino wool in a lightweight flannel twill that's a mouthful right there with subtle check and window pane it comes fully hemmed and features a constructed internal waistband so this thing looks immaculate it will definitely be up there in your mj bale collection there is nothing better people there is nothing better than a guy in a slim fitting suit looking sharp as hell and especially in this gray color so make sure you check it out the link is in the show and make sure you check out all their amazing suits online at mj bale all right so the fall of the house of usher so this thing as i said came out in october last year my wife and i clocked it recently This thing is very, very addictive. Very, very addictive. So I'll read this series info before I do that. Let's have a look at the tomato meter on Rotten Tomatoes, which is 90% from the critics, 80% from the audience score. So very, very high for both of those particular parties. So series info. Tell me to drink my little coffee here. Series info, siblings Roderick and Madeline Usher built a pharmaceutical company into an empire of wealth, privilege, and power. However, secrets come to light when their heirs to the Usher dynasty start dying. So the fall of the House of Usher. So this is created by Mike Flanagan, starring Bruce Greenwood. You'll know Bruce Greenwood when you see him. He's the main character in this particular show. So he plays Roderick. You've also got Carla Giagini, I think that's how you say, Giorgini. She's been in a hell of a lot of movies. You'll know her face. Very, very recognizable. She's a brilliant actress. She, I won't get into many spoilers, but basically she is the antagonist in this particular series and she does a very good role you've also got mary 
McDonnell. She plays Madeline Usher. She is brutal in this particular show. Carl Lumby, he plays a lawyer that basically is after the Usher family. You've also got Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill is a guy that basically does all of the dirty work for the Ushers. I think he's their head solicitor or lawyer, but he's also brewing. Obviously, we've got Mark Hamill. He's Luke Skywalker, right? But he also plays a hell of a lot of different roles in different movies. He's also the voice of a cartoon Joker in an animated series that came out a number of years ago. So the guy is a legend. So he's in this. He doesn't play a huge part in it, but the part that he plays is very, very entertaining to watch. So let's go over a bit of the trailer and discuss a little bit more in depth. It's time. It's time. It's time. Your Honor, no matter how much evidence stacked against them, the Asher crime family stands stronger and darker than ever before. All right, so before we get into this particular series, this series is based off a very old novel, a gothic horror novel called The Fall of the House of Usher. So if I'm jumping on Wikipedia... Before we get into the summary of this, this was actually in a Simpsons horror or Halloween special back in the 90s, I think it is. It's the one where basically Homer is rolling around his big house with the raven that is looking over him, quoting the thing Nevermore or something like that. You'll remember that if you are a fan of the Simpsons going back there. But looking on Wikipedia, The Fall of the House of Usher is a short story by American writer Edgar Allan Poe first published in 1839, very, very, very long time ago, in Burton's Gentleman's Magazine, then included in the collection of Tales of the Grotesque and Obscure in 1840. The short story, a work of Gothic fiction, includes themes of madness, family isolation, and metaphysical identities. So a bit of a mouthful there. I'm not going to focus too much on the old school thing, but just basically be informed that this is based off a very old novel or a short story. So going back to this modern day situation of the Usher family. So you've got Roderick Usher and then you've also got Madeline Usher as well. So the timeline on this particular show jumps back and forth from I think it's the 1970s into the 80s, if memory serves, and it also goes back even further into the 1950s where you've got Roderick and Madeline growing up in a house that basically the mother works for, I think it could have even been a pharmaceutical company or something along those lines. Is a, a rich guy that is very obnoxious, And again, I'm not going to go into too many spoils about what happens to the mum, but it's very, very hectic at the start of this particular series about what happens to their mum. And then fast forward into the 70s or late 70s and 80s, you've got basically Roderick and Madeline trying to get their hands on a particular pharmaceutical company that they work at or Roderick works at, I believe. I don't believe the sister works at it. But definitely Roderick is at this particular firm. So I'm trying to dance around spoilers as much as I can. But we've got the character, which is played by Carla Giagini. That's how you say it. 
Her name is Verna. So she pops in and out of this particular series from the 80s right up until the present day. But most of the series is basically set in 2023, I think it is. And you've got all the Usher kids. I think there is, let's have a bit of a count here. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them. I think there's seven, six actual siblings. And then there's one granddaughter as well. So as the synopsis basically says is that the Usher children mysteriously start to die. So what happens is basically the solicitor, Carl Lumby, he plays a guy called August, I think it is. He is after this particular family. He is intertwined with this family from back in the 80s, but he is basically after this pharmaceutical company because they have a drug called lithodone, I think it is. I might be butchering that name. I'll have to go back. Ligodone. Ligodone. Could be butchering that name. I'll have to go back and have a look at it. But they've got this particular drug, and it sounds very, very similar to oxycotton or cotton, which basically has the pharmaceutical epidemic in the United States where a lot of people OD'd, a lot of people were addicted to this particular drug, and it raged right across the States. The drug is still in production. However, it's very heavily regulated. I actually had some family members here in Australia that were on it. And it's just a horrid, horrid thing. Very similar type thing. So they've come to wealth and power over this particular drug. And they are basically making money off everybody else's suffering on this thing. So this solicitor is after them. However, it all basically starts to unravel when one of the siblings, the first sibling, basically gets killed. And I'm not going to go into too many spoilers about how each of them get killed. That's the premise of the actual show. It's already cats out of the bag, right? But the scenery or how they die in each episode is very, very gruesome and very, very creative, especially the first one. And I think it was the third one, memory serves. But I'll touch on a little bit how each of them pass away and the scenario that takes place with them. But again, let's go over the trailer a little bit more and discuss it in depth. It's time. It's time. It's time. Your Honor, no matter how much evidence stacked against them, the Asher crime family stands stronger and darker than ever before. So when we have a look at the Asha family, a lot of them are from different backgrounds or ethnicities. You can tell by their skin color. But basically all of them are rich, obnoxious little twerps, basically. A lot of them are into different styles of clubbing. A lot of them are into pharmaceutical shady type scenarios or businesses they're not good people they're not good people at all i know a fair few people in my life that basically are similar there's two ways that you can go with this thing one you either get handed something an amount of wealth or a position you are humble you treat people with respect you know what you have then there's the other side where you get handed everything and then you turn into an absolute monster so i know a fair few people like that however Let's focus on the show, shall we? So 
the first child to go is basically Prospero. Oh, I think it's how you say it. Prospero. It's a weird name. Very weird name. Again, I'm not going to go into too many spoilers about how he dies, but it has to do with a club scene. A club scene that is very, very creative. And I kind of called this from the start of how this was all going to go down in this particular club scene. And it is absolutely brutal. I haven't seen anything in a show like this. And in my last episode about Saltburn, this is what I was talking about in terms of shock value. So there are very good ways to do shock value in a show or a movie. This particular show has done it right because what they do in this show is that they build the character development behind each of the individuals in this show. And it's not just bang straight off the bat in your face with no lead up to it. It's a very good way of how they dispose of each of these particular characters because, again, they're all not good people. They're not good people. You're not rooting for them. The only one that you're really rooting for in this particular show is the solicitor that are after them and probably the granddaughter, if anyone, but the rest of them, they're very disposable because you don't like them. They're not good people at all. So I've actually found an interview online with a few of the cast members about a few of their deaths and how they reacted to it. So let's go over a little bit of that, shall we? The rain came down. Everyone was screaming and there's lights flashing everywhere. And so I'm just like, I'm not acting. I'm actually terrified right now. There's skeletons of people, just the most gory slime everywhere. It's the cuddle puddle. Camille's a flash in the pan. Truly her defining moment is her death because she is just living this kind of numb existence where she was plucked out of obscurity and made into an usher. She is the one that lets you know it's a pattern. And I know that Verna believes the punishment fits the crime. That looked normal. Well, I'm a little surprised she put him in the tub. Leo's death scene was on paper so exciting. Um, I knew that to some degree I would be smashing uh, the apartment or the loft to bits uh, looking for this cat that's tormenting me really smashing through drywall, ripping it up. It was a very frantic week. Yeah, I hear it. Victorine's demise, so she's been haunted by Roderick's, whatever Verna is, and so much is her denial that she's just completely delusional. And that sort of seeps in more and more and more. But the favorite scene to film would have to be the argument that Victorine has with um, Alessandra and just how that escalates. And there's, there's so much going on. And by the time, she gets it when Alessandra is leaving. She, it was not out of spite or cruelty. She never had any bad intentions. And how devastated she is. What I want is for you to relax. The sequence in my apartment with the mirrors and uh, Verna. I've never really gotten to do anything like that with kind of stunt elements. And it's such a visual tension as opposed to, you know, like a wonderful searing monologue. And Tamerlane's house is just filled with all these mirrors, which I, I love. It's kind of also that removal she has from herself of just everything's just through a, a lens. Don't care if it's death herself. She wants Madeline. Fuck it, not sure. She's gonna have to look me straight in the eyes. There is a theme of grief, manifests and grief, unexplored and unhealed can create horror in our lives. It's deeply sad, deeply, deeply sad. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. So it would be pretty crazy like when you read a script and you know that your character is going to die and how they're going to die and then you actually see that on screen. It would be pretty cool as an actor to see that, I feel. So it's a pretty good interview there. So I will go over each of the episodes and what they are titled. So let's go back through it. So it's a limited series, The Fall of the House of Usher. Oh, before we go ahead, we are very close to the 100th episode. Episode? Episode. Episode. We are very close to episode 100. This is episode 93, I think it is. So... We are on the way up. So, eight-part series. So, episode one is called A Midnight Dreary. A wealthy, wealthy CEO faces a criminal investigation amid tragedy, trauma, and a supernatural threat. Okay, all right. So, we're getting somewhere now. The Usher family learns an informant lurks among them. So, another aspect of this show is that they basically believe that the family member or a family member is an informant for the government that are basically after them. And they're trying to smoke out or flush out which of these family members are basically the person that is the informant who is looking to take the Usher empire down. So actually, that really did like that aspect of this particular show. It added to the intrigue of what we're watching up on the screen. So the second episode is called The Mask Ray of Red Death. So motivated by money and revenge, Perry hosts an exclusive masquerade rave that takes a twisted turn. A young Roderick pitches a revolutionary new opioid. So this focuses on the dance party or the rave that I mentioned before. And it also bounces back to young Roderick. I did like that as well. So with flashback scenes in shows or movies, there's a right way to do it. And there's also a wrong way to do it. This did it in the right way, very much so. So going to episode number three, we've got Murder in the Rue Morgue. In charge of the Usher's publicity, Camille conspires to spin controversy in her family's favour and expose grim details of her sister's experiments. Okay, so basically there's a couple of things that are going on here. One, one of the family members is involved with tests on monkeys, I think it is, with some type of implant for the heart, if memory serves. So very cruel type animal testing that takes place but i'm not going to go into too many spoilers about how camille ends up but it's got something to do with that basically that lab that i mentioned so episode four the black cat this thing is nuts this episode is crazy they're all crazy but it's like each of them are basically a little story that's intertwined with the main story if that makes sense so it's pretty cool not so much like a Black Mirror episode, but just, you know what I mean when you watch it. So the black cat, Leo adopts a black cat that brings evil and a mysterious woman into his home. Roderick struggles with terrifying hallucinations. Okay, so basically this guy has a cat that he brings home and, oh, hell breaks loose with this thing. It is nuts. It is mental how this all ends up. Very, very crazy episode. So... Episode 5, which is the Telltale Heart, Victorian 
inches closer to testing her heart technology on a patient until tensions erupt between her and Alessandria. Dupin makes a chilling confession. So this has to do with the heart technology that I mentioned before. So very interesting how this all ends up in a pretty crazy style of death for this particular family member. So number six, we've got Goldbug. Pim digs up disturbing information on Verena with her marriage on the decline. Tam Merlin hosts a turbulent product launch that shatters expectations. I like that little last bit on the shatters expectations. So take note of that. Another elaborate death there. We've also got episode number seven, The Pit of Pendulum. A furious Frederick sets out to handle unfinished business. Madeline receives an ominous message at an old haunt, and Dupin grows wary of Roderick's motives. And then we've got the last episode, which is The Raven. In 1980, Roderick and Madeline seize a chance to cement their fortune for a price. Decades later, the remaining ushers reckon the consequences. So the last episode obviously ties everything together. And it is a very good ending to a particular show. So they've done very well with this show. So again, let's go over the trailer a little bit more and discuss it. Anyone comes after us, we will exhaust our arsenal until the threat's neutralized. By neutralized, you mean sued into oblivion on the streets? Neutralized. Like dead. You guys, we really should get together more often. It's just a balm for the soul. Your family is a collection of stunted hearts. Whose time has come? So the fall of the House of Usher. So I really did love the cinematography in this particular series. It's a gruesome, gritty horror series on Netflix. They're doing quite well with their content, I must say. Because they went through a lull for a while where their shows were a bit on the nose. But even their movies last year, that was very, very good. So the acting in this show is brilliant. This is the same director, I think it is, as The House on Haunted Hill. And I think there was another one in there as well. A second one had to do with a mansion. I can't remember the name of it the top of my head. But I loved every episode in this particular show. It all wraps up very, very well. As I mentioned, it's based on an old short novel back in the 18th century or 19th century, I think it was. And it's a must-watch. It's a must-watch from me. So, again, I'm not going to score this because it's a show, but highly recommend it. Make sure you do catch it on Netflix. It is streaming now. It's been out for a while, but it's one of those shows that I absolutely powered through and we couldn't put it down. So thank you for tuning in to my review for The Fall of the House of Usher. And as always, ladies on the Menjay. Who are you? Consequential. And tonight is consequential. I'm gonna head out. I've got an appointment with your dad. Your brother's dead. This is tragic, but a few My Heart Will Go On tweets will pat it out. This was no accident. You have been targeted. And this woman knows everything. It's time, Roderick. What did you do? I 
I'm afraid you're ringside for my reckoning, old friend. I don't even own anything Funeral Black. Wait, that's not true. It's just fucking satin. Satin is silk for poor people and no one should wear it to a funeral unless they died in it. Are we safe? If we don't stop her, you won't have a family left. Frankly, I think you've forgotten what I am. This is how I met Tyler Durden. Did you know if you mixed equal parts of gasoline and frozen orange juice concentrate, you can make napalm? Uh, Cole, before you go, will you tell Miss Lower goodbye? D do what now? I said tell Miss Lower goodbye. Bye, Miss Lower. 